Once you're done listening to today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, make sure you check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast hosted by NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every week there at the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as always by James Harrison. You can find everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com and Monday through Friday at WTSP.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We'd like to welcome in all of our new and returning listeners. If you're new to the show, welcome. Please subscribe, and if you feel so inclined, leave a five-star review it does help other Buccaneers fans find us. And of course, we're here for our second episode of the week. Again, dropping Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you were expecting a Tuesday episode, uh, sorry about that, but here in the month of June and probably the first week or two of July as we get ready for training camp, we'll be moving down to a reduced schedule, three episodes per week. This is the first time James has been on this week. So welcome back from Slackerland, James. I hope you enjoyed your birthday party and your family time, uh, of course, but more reasons to celebrate than your birthday. Uh, unfortunately, we do have to move past that. I know you're, you're going to be upset that we have to move past that, but we do have to move past your birthday. Jason Light and Bruce Arians getting new contracts slash a contract adjustment from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers general manager, Jason Light, who helped construct the Super Bowl winning roster and then bring back said Super Bowl winning roster, receiving a contract extension while head coach Bruce Arians, his contract stays the same potentially through the 2023 season is how long his current deal keeps him in Tampa, Florida, but he received a pay raise. One of the perks of winning the Super Bowl. Uh, we have no details right now on exactly how long the extension is or how much the pay raise is. I don't know that we'll ever get the details on the pay raise anyway, because honestly, we don't really need to know. Uh, it doesn't count against salary cap and I don't need to be in coach Arian's pockets. Although I would appreciate a gift from his pockets. That would be, that would be amazing. Um, and general, but general manager Jason Light, I, I imagine at some point in time, someone, probably Greg Allman, is going to find out how long the extension is for. My guess, two years. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. And and yeah, we don't often get these details on coach and GM extensions and things like that. Like we always hear the the deals right when they're signed for a new head coach at a new team. We get the the terms and and everything like that. But as as coaches keep getting extended, sometimes we find out, sometimes we don't. Like you said, it's really not that big of a deal just because it doesn't count against the cap. We don't really need to know. But both of these contract adjustments are well-deserved and well-earned. And and I've seen some people on social media, oh, well, let's see how Bruce Arians does uh, when Tom Brady's gone and he didn't deserve a pay raise and yada, yada, yada. It's like, are, are we forgetting that he's a two-time NFL head coach of the year? Are we forgetting that he had made it to the NFC championship when he was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals and just happened to run into a buzzsaw of a football team in Carolina? Like Bruce Arians is one heck of a coach and he has put together an absolutely incredible staff. So every single cent that he got his contract increased by is well-deserved and well-earned as far as Jason light is concerned. Yeah, that's absolutely well-deserved and well-earned as well. 
we, you know, same, same thing, you know, the detractors want to talk about, Oh, well, he only got a super bowl because of Tom Brady and, and let's see how many free agents he can sign once Tom Brady's gone. Well, a lot of the talent that the Buccaneers have and already had when Tom Brady came to town was drafted by Jason light or trades were orchestrated by Jason light to bring that talent in. He was the one that brought in Shaq Barrett and in Dominican Sioux and traded for Jason Pierre Paul and drafted Mike Evans drafted Chris Godwin, all these guys. So both of these guys have earned exactly what they just got in terms of more years and more money. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of people who, who try to take away from Bruce Arians coaching job uh, and, and even Jason lights, general managing, you know, performance will then look to guys like Bill Belichick and say that they're the gold standard of coaching the national football league. Well, just to, to put it into contrast a little bit, uh, Tom Brady threw three fewer passes in 2020 than he had in 2019, his last season with the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, but he completed almost 30 more of those passes, a 65.7% uh, completion rate, one of his better better completion rate percentages in his in his career. I mean, a very long career, so he's had several seasons above that percentage as well, but you do have a very high completion rate there, 4,633 yards, his best yardage output since 2015. Uh, through, he threw 40 touchdowns last year compared to 24 in 2019. That 40 is the highest number he's had since 2007. And yes, he threw 12 interceptions, a 2% interception ratio. When you look at the history of Bruce Arians and his system is known for having quarterbacks in their first year under coach Arians struggle a little bit, do a little bit less or be a little bit less effective than maybe they normally are. And Tom Brady even came out himself this offseason and said it did take him a little while, really kind of going through that Kansas City game to really get fully comfortable with what Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich and Clyde Christensen were asking him to do as far as the offense is, is concerned, where a lot of people detract from the coach, the, the job that Coach Arians did is maybe in the in the sense that, well, Tom Brady had an influence over the offense. And again, we cannot state this many, as many times as possible. We can't overstate this. Every single quarterback that Coach Arians has coached has had an influence on the offense. That's how he likes to work. That's how he prefers to work. And that's how he's found so much success. It's one of the reasons why Tom Brady, one year to another, another year older, 43, almost doubled his touchdown production from one year to another, the older year, and threw for almost 600 more yards than he had the year before. So if Bill Belichick is a gold standard of coaches, Bruce Arians definitely, definitely was more effective with his quarterback than Bill Belichick was. Yes, he's got better weapons. I will give you that as well. But you know something? If the ball is hitting the turf, it doesn't matter who your weapons are. So there's something to be said for that. So I don't know. If you're detracting from it and you're a Bucks fan, I'm very confused because your team has won the Super Bowl and there's really no reason you should be negative about anything. But, I mean, James, some people just like being miserable. Yeah, well, one thing that won't make you miserable is our friends over at rockauto.com with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer choosing only the brands that his warehouse happens to carry you don't have to do that anymore you have access to rockauto.com a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. 
The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com and when you're dug in those savings if you're like me you want to make the money you saved work for you even more and turn it into more money and you can do so at betonline.ag the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action trust me about 10 minutes before the floyd mayweather about I went ahead and put money on it for Floyd Mayweather to win because I read the odds and it said that if it went to a draw, since it was an exhibition, there was no winner declared. Therefore, I would just get my money back. And I know, I know Floyd Mayweather is not going to take a dive for some PR stunt for a YouTube kid. So I knew there was no way Floyd Mayweather was losing, literally guaranteed either my money back or I was going to make money on it. Obviously, I got my money back because Floyd Mayweather didn't knock out uh, the YouTube kid. But anyway, it was fun to do. And it was good, a good opportunity to make some money. You can take advantage of more opportunities like that, including games in the in Major League Baseball, in the NBA playoffs, the hockey playoffs. Highly suggest you put some money on the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm just saying. It's not official advice. Don't sue me over it if they lose. But it's a pretty good bet, probably. Before the next puck drop, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or your mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Back now for segment two of Locked On Bucks podcast. David Harrison and James Yarko back for the first time this week on Twitter. Find us at dharrison82 at jyarko underscore bucks. Find the show at Locked On Bucks. James, more contract news coming out of the Advent Health training facility on Tuesday as second round pick James, your boy, quarterback, Kyle Trask, Florida Gator, extraordinary has, extraordinary has finally or uh, officially signed his rookie deal. I can't talk. Um, it's a four-year deal worth $5.35 million uh, with a signing bonus of $1.385 million, also known as Ryan Griffin money to do Ryan Griffin's job. Uh, through the Bucks press release, Kyle Trask, of course, a 2020 Heisman Trophy finalist. Uh, completed a whole lot of passes for a whole lot of yards, almost 70 touchdowns as a Florida Gator quarterback. Uh, in his final season, led them, uh, led the the entire FBS in total touchdowns with 46. That's Tom Brady-like numbers uh, and touchdown passes with 43 while finishing second in the country in passing yards. And that single season marks for passing touchdowns, passing yards, and passing yards per game are all school records. Even above the great Tim Tebow, apparently, right? He was second team All American, second team All SEC, which is weird to me for setting all those school records in 2020 while earning third team All SEC honors. And speaking of Kyle Trask, James Kendall sent us a question via Twitter that I erroneously told him would get answered on Monday's episode because I had forgotten for the moment that you weren't going to be with me. I decided not to answer it because I wanted to answer it with you on the show as well. Because I think our listeners deserve both of our attention. That's just kind of the way I feel. And he asks, since AQ Shipley went from player to coach, could you see Tom Brady doing something similar specifically to help develop Kyle Trask? 
Uh, well, first and foremost, excited that the contract got done. Not that there was really any question. And with the rookie wage scale, you know, none of that comes as a surprise, but it's great to see that they have their number two quarterback locked up and ready to go because hashtag I'm a Kyle Trask guy. As far as Tom Brady doing something similar to what AQ Shipley is doing, I will be 1000% honest. No, I absolutely do not see Tom Brady doing that. I do not see Tom Brady entering the coaching stratosphere. And I'll tell you why it's exactly why we won't see Peyton Manning do it either. And I think it's because these two quarterbacks more so than any that we've really seen in the past 20 to 30 years, they can't teach quarterbacks to play the way that they do because so much of their game is being mentally cerebral. Like, they, they dial themselves in. They know exactly what they're seeing, exactly what they're looking for, exactly how they're doing it. And so much of their game is mental. You can't really teach somebody else to process in their brain the way you process in yours. So, I, I mean, I could see Brady obviously being a mentor and working with him on things that he can work on him with, but I don't see him entering the, the coaching ranks because of the way that he plays the game, exactly like with Peyton Manning, they're both such perfectionists and, and they break down the game at such a rapid rate in their mind before they do anything physical that I think trying to teach someone to do that, just it, it wouldn't translate and it would only frustrate him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so much of Tom Brady's success comes from the work ethic and just the absolute psychotic desire that he has to be the best that he can be at his craft like I, I feel like Tom Brady the coach would would and I'm not saying he would do this on purpose but essentially the problem would become that Tom would say you need to do it my way and I think the best coaches in the National Football League or really in any athletics aren't the guys who say here's how I want you to do it now go do it like that they're the guys that help you unlock the best way for you to do it and that's completely different from the way that they've been preparing some quarterbacks some players out there I mean, I think the same reason like Michael Jordan, you know, never really going to be a coach type of person. Um, but you look at like a, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, for example, right? Like he's played in a lot of different schemes under a lot of different coaches, and he's executed a lot of different offenses to varying levels of success. So when he, if he were to become a coach, get a quarterback, get a young guy and say, okay, here are your strengths, here are your weaknesses. Let's figure out how to accentuate your strengths. Let's figure out how to minimize your weaknesses. He's got a lot of experience from a lot of different experiences and, and experiments uh, to be able to draw from to do that. Whereas Tom Brady, it's kind of just been the Brady way of preparing, the Brady way of executing offenses, the Brady way of diagnosing a defense. And like you said, not only is it hard to really communicate that to somebody else when you just do it, but it also kind of minimizes the amount of flexibility that you would have as a coach, potentially. So that's, that's just kind of how I look at it. Uh, but James... We're not here to just talk about that. We're also going to talk about mandatory minicamp getting underway. Tom Brady, of course, in attendance, participating in all the drills that did not include blitzing. Uh, Coach Arians even talking about how hard it was to keep Tom Brady from participating. First round pick Joe Tryon out there for the first time in practice following his knee scope uh, procedure. And Alex Kappa, very excited on social media. People were to see Alex Kappa having fully recovered from his broken ankle that kept him out of the last part of the season. That's absolutely brutal to be the starting right guard in a team that gets to that point and then have to watch from the sidelines for the rest of it that that had to have hurt but happy to see him out there and he was back on field participating in practice as well 
Yeah, I mean, it it was it was the first day of mandatory minicamp. It was great to see the guys out there that were out there. It was great to see Joe Tryon hit the field. It was great to see Brady taking reps, even with the sleeve on his knee. And yeah, even even Alex Kappa had talked about how when the injury happened, he thought that he had just sprained it and he was ready to go back into the game and, and play through it. And even he didn't know how serious the injury was until you know, a little bit later. So it's great to see all of them out there. And real quick, David, a few final notes regarding day one is some people that weren't out there tight end, OJ Howard, wide receiver, Antonio Brown and defensive tackle and Dominican Sue were all out. Arians said that OJ Howard is close, but they didn't want to rush him. And then Sue had a little bit of a, a wrist issue. And he talked about how, the team understands how to let the vets rest. And this comes from Carmen Vitale, friend of the show via the Twitter machine quote. It's the great thing about our organization. They take care of us and make sure that we're getting prepared for the most important part of the year. And quote, finally rookie Jalen Darden tweaked his hamstring and was held out of practice on Tuesday. So something to keep an eye on a guy that's competing for that returner job already tweaking a hamstring. That's not a great sign when you're relying on somebody's speed. Yeah, absolutely not. But there is something you can rely on that we can promise at least for the most part will deliver. And that is the fact that built bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. And I say that with confidence because I've eaten a lot of protein bars over my lifetime. And this is easily the best tasting one, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have nine delicious flavors, my favorite mint brownie, but they also have coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and there's even the occasional limited time flavor. So there's a little bit of something for everyone. If you haven't ever tried Built Bars, you can order yourself a mix box. You'll get two of each of those nine flavors. Give them all a try. Figure, Get them from the fridge. Get them from the freezer. Eat them off the counter. See how you like them. Not like physically off the counter, like the wrapper on the counter so it's warm. You know, whatever. Um, figure out what your favorite is, and then you can go from there. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy, too. Most of these bars are packed with 17 grams of protein, but only come with 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Order yours today. Get your raspberry, your mint brownie, your mix box, whatever you want by going to builtbar.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Wrap things up here on a Wednesday edition of Locked on Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison. Find us on Twitter at jarko underscore bucks at dharrison82. And David, we have voicemails. We got two of them. Let's go ahead and wrap up today's show by hitting the phone lines. First up, we have Jim from South Carolina. So before we get to Jim, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Did Aaron Rodgers report to Green Bay Packers camp? He did not. Mm, that's an interesting topic. Let's hear from Jim. James, David, yes, it's me. Your buddy Jim, South Carolina South. Kaka lackey, man. Loving this offseason. Uh, loving your podcast as usual. This is what I got for you tonight, man. All right. Because it's been an incredible offseason. Incredible for the Buccaneers. And, I'm, and obviously we've got the, you know, bringing everybody back and 22 starters and Antonio Brown coming back. And, oh, oh, another civil lawsuit. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Okay, but we also have inside the division, we have the retirement of Drew Brees, first ballot Hall of Famer. We now have learned of the trade of Julio Jones to the Titans. So you've got those two guys leaving the NFC South. 
So a discussion for you guys to uh, get into is the total impact of those two moves, not only on the impact of the other teams in the NFC South, but obviously more importantly towards the Bucks. So I wanted to throw that in there and let you guys have some fun with it. Uh, in the meantime, you guys know, big fan of the show. Keep cranking them out. I'm going to keep listening just like everybody else out there. And as always, always go all right, Jim, buddy, good to hear from you. Uh, and, yeah, an event, a very adventurous offseason for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not only bringing back all their starters and their role players, but then also the departures from the NFC South. I kind of tweeted about it uh, jokingly, of course, but, I mean, you know, a little, you know, some some truth to said in jest or whatever. Drew Brees leaving the NFC South, Julio Jones leaving the NFC South. It would appear, James, that the Gravediggers are, are being very effective on the mentality of their NFC South opponents. But as far as the impact, I mean, with the New Orleans Saints, I think it's obvious, right? You go from Drew Brees to Taysom Hill slash Jameis Winston, and I really do think it's going to be a Taysom Hill slash Jameis Winston type of scenario, depending on the down, the distance, the scenario, the opponent. You're going to see both those quarterbacks, not necessarily 50-50, but you're going to see a good mix of each of them, I think. We'll see how it works. I'm not as confident that you're going to see peak New Orleans Saints offense the way that you could have with Drew Brees in his better days. Granted, he was falling off a little bit there but I think the Saints definitely slipping down the board a little bit uh, in terms of how dangerous they are. And then looking at the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, Calvin Ridley becomes a wide receiver one, had a better 2020 than than 2019, 18, et cetera. I I remember James 2019, Falcons fans, some of them were calling for Calvin Ridley to be traded because he couldn't be relied on as as a number two receiver, let alone number one. We'll see if he's ready for number one receiver duties. I don't think he is, but we'll see. Russell Gage kind of by default steps into that wide receiver two position for the Atlanta Falcons was one of the league's leaders in drop passes. You know what I mean? So that's not good when you're relying on that guy. Christian Blake, wide receiver number three projected. Ever heard of him? I haven't. Well, you're going to because apparently he's going to get a lot of snaps to the Atlanta Falcons offense. So it's a good thing they drafted uh, Kyle Pitts to, to play next to Hayden Hurst because they're going to be playing a lot over the middle. Well, guess where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defend pretty well? Over the middle. So I think all the things happening in the NFC South point to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being a better situation. Of course... That still means they need to execute and dominate and win the games they're supposed to win, which this season will include six from the NFC South. Yeah, I mean, the the Falcons weren't really a threat to begin with just because they're not a great football team. Julio Jones is a first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. He's one of the best receivers we have seen in a long time. But him moving to the Titans, that doesn't really affect the Buccaneers because the Falcons aren't that good of a team. Drew Brees retiring... That means that the Buccaneers are unquestionably the best team in the NFC South. They should be the runaway favorites to not only win the NFC South, but to, you know, they should be favored to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl yet again. And real quick, David, before we get to uh, to JT in Texas, I do want to say one thing regarding your episode on Monday, because I did not get to give my Julio reaction. I do absolutely think that Julio going to the Titans does make them a Super Bowl contender, and I will tell you why. I think that move alone cements the Tennessee Titans as the third best team in the AFC. And I I would say if you're in the top three of your conference, that makes you a Super Bowl contender. I mean, I've been on record saying if you're in the tournament, you're a Super Bowl contender. But if you're in the third, that means you're getting knocked out in the divisional round. So, yeah, I suppose they're, they're Super Bowl contenders. Let's hear from JT. Hi, guys. JT from Texas. I haven't called in a while. Was thinking today about Brady. If he gets this next ring, 
he'll have eight rings and trying to get a tenth would be a thing I would try to do. But the chances of him getting it as a player aren't that good. What do you think the chances of Brady coming back to coach a team, maybe starting off as some type of quarterback or offensive coordinator, I know a lot of players do it, and end up winning two Super Bowls and getting two more rings as a coach, what do you think that does for his legacy? Y'all have a good one. Go Bucks. You see, we love answering these voicemails live. And this is the problem with doing so is sometimes, sometimes we end up answering the voicemail before the voicemail drops. So obviously we've already queued or chimed in on Tom Brady uh, coaching in general, and, and neither of us seem to think it would happen. So uh, I'm going to add a layer just, just for this part of the conversation, James, and I'll give my quick answer and then let you have the floor. So we know that Tom Brady, or we, we know, you and I, James Jarko and David Harrison, know, air quotes, that Tom Brady is not going to go into coaching, right? But what about front front office management? Because Peyton Manning has been talked about as you know being involved in the Denver Broncos organization, and there you know there are people who think that he could become like a team president or something like that. And we've seen other players become team presidents and stuff like that. So, what do you think about Tom Brady do, taking on that sort of a role? I honestly feel like when Tom Brady retires from the NFL, he's just going to go be a super rich guy. Like honestly, I think that's what his future is. I don't. I think when he walks away from the game, it's going to be for good and it's going to be for all of it. That's just the feeling I get. But what do you think about that added layer since we already answered the coaching question? I don't know if I could picture him in like that John Elway or John Lynch role that we've now seen former players kind of enter into. But I will say this. You talk about when he retires from football, he's just going to go off and be a super rich guy. Um, What do super rich guys love to do? Get more rich. I could see Tom Brady becoming part of a group that purchases an NFL team and he would become a part owner. And then he's kicking back. He's enjoying the games. He's still around the game that he has loved for so long. And can you imagine if you're the, if you're a guy playing for a team owned by Tom Brady, that entire roster is on the TB12 method, and they're going to go undefeated every single year. So that's a that's a bold strategy, James. Isn't it though? I yeah. mean, I I would say this. Here's another bold prediction for you: If Tom Brady becomes an owner of a football team, he will be more successful than Michael Jordan has been as an owner of an NBA team. Well, if I became the owner of an NFL team, I'd be more successful than Michael Jordan has as an owner of an NBA I didn't team. Say I was setting the bar high. <laughs> Just saying, if we're going to talk goat versus goat. Uh, my money would be on Brady being a better owner than Michael Jordan. But with that, David, let's go ahead and get out of here. You all can check out everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com and five days a week over at WTSP.com. Of course, that is 10 Tampa Bay, the CBS affiliate down there. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Send us your voicemails and emails to 813-444-5841 and 813-LOCKEDONBUCKSPODCAST at gmail.com. We will be back on Friday. Until then, hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and be good to each other. And we thank you so much for